What event's going to be your first world record? Oh. Uh, 50 flat. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird question. I know. <laughs> Welcome to Social Kick. <laughs> Welcome to the Social Kick podcast. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a fun group today. Luke Paddington and, can you believe it, high school phenom, Olympic silver medalist, two-time world champ, American record holder, Coming straight off senior prom, Claire Cruzan. What's up, Claire? Hello. Well, I think we got to start there. To give, give us the, the prom download. Yeah. So we went to a local restaurant. It was me um, and then three of my friends. So we had a blast. We took a ton of pictures. I'm pretty sure my camera roll is like on overload and probably need to like delete some. But um, yeah, dinner was great. We went to downtown Raleigh. Uh, parking was a little scary. Uh, directions are navigation is not my strong suit. So we got a little lost, but we found the parking garage. Prom was a blast. Um, and yeah, came back home, practiced the next day. So it was a grind. Downtown Raleigh is cool. I like it. There's a cool yeah. hotel there that's also like a museum right in the downtown. You should go and check it out. It's yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Man. It's right. always fun going down there. So. I got to know what was the, what was your favorite song of the night? Um, I think Gasolina played and everyone got really excited or the Macarena or the Cupid Shuffle because like everyone was so excited about it. So, yeah. The Macarena? <laughs> yeah, they played the Macarena and I was shocked, but it was blast. So. Yeah, are there, I, I'm surprised that that's even still relevant. I guess it's cemented its, its legacy and history as like a, uh, something you do at proms and weddings. <laughs> yes, it is. It's honestly the best dance to do though because like everyone knows it, it's super fun and Everyone just has a good time. So. Okay, so is, is the electric slide officially no longer uh, relevant at all? I'm afraid not. <laughs> but, <laughs> this is good. It's just so funny. Well, because I remember like that, you know, it was relevant at one point, but it it was came like I don't know, twenty or thirty years before you know I, w I was at a prom, so it's funny to have the Macarena there, which I remember yeah. from like when I was a kid. So yeah, yeah. Oh, Wait, so uh, what what kind of music do you are you into then, uh, besides uh, fun dance uh, <laughs> music? Yeah, she didn't say um, a girl song. She didn't say oh, you know, Kenny G. Girl. Yeah. Um. I mean. I don't know. I kind of am fine with whatever. Um, I don't really have a specific music taste, but like before like, I swim, I'll listen to like some ACDC, Imagine Dragons, Pitbull stuff. But like that's like only when I'm kind of specific, but otherwise I don't care. You just hit such a broad spectrum. I know. <laughs> <laughs> of ACDC, I mean, Imagine Dragons, and Pitbull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're all pretty hype songs, so I don't know. Yeah. I always listen to Pitbull in practice. Either Pitbull or Chicken Fried. It's like no in between. So we, um, whenever I run, I always listen to music. Uh, I love it. It gets me gray, gets me cr cranking. And John, who's our colleague on this show, he swims with music always. He can't swim without music now. And Brian, yeah. you tried his, his, his new things, right? And they're really good. Have you tried that, Claire, swimming with music? I bet I've had the ones where it's like a coach can talk to you like from it. So it's like a, a microphone one. Yeah. Um, and she like played music <laughs> in the microphone, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I haven't had the music ones yet. We don't like you, the coach speaking to the, all <laughs> right, was that was a good push off. Nope. You, no, come on. <laughs> Too many voices, please. I'm just trying to focus. I need this voice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I've been in a pool before where our coach was in the, in the, it was like a, 
a tower, like a control tower that he was overlooking the pool and there were speakers in the pool. So he could just call anybody out and everybody could hear it. So it wasn't like a specific headset. But it's worse when Synchro is training in a pool with you and the same song is on repeat for your two hour practice. And you only hang one and a two and a three and a four and you're trying to work hard. And you're like, oh. (laughs) Much love to sing the artist. We have to. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, Claire, you're about to age out of the um the well actually I don't know. Some does anybody ever ask you, uh, are you a do you dive and swim? Like which one do you do? Um, I haven't gotten that question yet, but like a lot of people ask me about diving, where it's like, I'm sorry, I have no idea. Like <laughs> mad respect for the sport. It looks like so much fun and also terrifying, but uh-huh. yeah. I mean, it's so cool, though, because for high school swimming, you actually get to, like, watch diving because at year-round meets, like, you normally are never around diving. But it, like, finally factors into, like, the team score like it does for NCAAs. Um, So it's honestly, like, a great little stepping stone, and it's fun to have all those, like, co-ed, especially, like, going into college. Are you comfortable on the diving board? Has, like, has anybody ever ever asked you on your – like – I remember sometimes high school teams, they might be short a diver. And and so it's like, oh, well, to get the third person, like somebody from somebody from the swim team has to go and just like go off the diving board to score a point. Has that ever come up? Um, not for me. My coaches let me let me stick with swimming and my <laughs> safety, I think, because I would definitely break something. Um, but I have had a couple of brave teammates that are have primarily swam or not even swam at all and then all of a sudden jump into doing both sports so that's been really cool just to kind of watch their transition and also just them learning public safety announcement anybody listening when you dive off a 10 meter you don't enter like this okay this is not how you enter but off the 10 meter brian what do you do oh my gosh we did this uh we did something once where we're working on body alignment and um so it's like hey it uh, there were, I don't know how many towers there. It was like the one meter, the three, the five, the seven and a half and the 10 on the, on the tower. And um, we started by, you know, hanging from our feet from the platform. How do you and do then, that? So you'd like, you'd, you'd kind of lay down on the ground and then inch forward and then just kind of curl over and like hook your arms onto the tower like this as you kind of do a somersault. And then hang your feet, you know, you'd like flex your flex your ankle like that, hang the tower on your foot. And then you'd have a partner that somebody would hold on to your feet just for extra security. Yeah. And uh, so you'd go like, you know, you would absolutely rip it, though, with like try to get zero splash. So we'd go one meter, three meter. And I remember going off the five meter and I mean, watching it on the video, there's just no splash. So then you just yeah. each each time try to just perfect body alignment. And then I go up to the seven and a half. I don't think I ever made it to 10, but I went from the five to the seven. Yeah. And five, I did a, you know, regular streamline kind of grip. But yeah. Yeah. It was, but like divers, when they enter the water from a high impact, like that high up, they do this kind of, you know, yeah. they wrap it like this. Not with your head. And then yeah. when it hit the water, they break it open. Right. Uh-huh. So it's like this punching through. And that's how you get that rip sound. Yeah. Well, I about ripped my shoulder out when I went to the seven and a half because I still entered, you know, like a streamline, like a swimmer. Yeah. And it just, I couldn't hold it with that impact. So they need oh to God. teach us these things. It should be like in, in, in pool, like don't pee in the pool, 
don't do this and don't dive streamline off the 10 meter. Maybe don't. And we get, please shower before entering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, wait. So have you, a lot of the pools in Europe and Asia, you probably know this, have the, um, that little pool area, that little moat or something that between the locker room and the pool deck, you like step into a little yeah. like, shallow pool of water. Yeah. And it, yeah have you ever oh, seen a pool like this? No. It's like uh, I don't know. How would you describe it, Luke? There's like this little, little, yeah. tiny, shallow, little puddle. Clean your feet before you go in. Yeah, oh. and you're supposed to step in it, clean your feet off, and then you know step yeah. onto the pool deck. But usually, it's usually that that little bridge or whatever isn't so wide that like you can't just jump over it. And I always found like I always thought it was so gross. It's like you're gonna get a foot fungus or something by stepping in that little. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, the only thing I've kind of had to, uh, to that extent, um, in our training camp in Japan, before we went to the arena, uh-huh. um, the way you exited the locker rooms, it was like this shower, like tunnel thing. But like, I think it was triggered by motion or something. So the first time one of us went through it, it like sprayed you. So then the rest of the time, we all were like, figuring out ways to like avoid being sprayed and not get drenched before we got in the pool. So (laughs) (laughs) it was shocking. And like, you didn't know how it, how it went off. You didn't know where the sensor was. Wait. So what was, what was the magic? How did you get through without getting sprayed? One person suffered. Separate entrance we found that you could kind of sneak in from. So that's how we, entered and exited i'm just picturing you guys like double dutching your way like through okay we're gonna (laughs) yeah and like sometimes it wouldn't even go off so it was really hit or miss but i don't know oh that's so funny um okay so you have trials you only got a couple weeks of trials home pool uh actually want to ask you about this because i think i I heard you say somewhere that your coach and that your kind of approach to big meets is not so much this what traditional swimmers think about with a, a big build. And then, I mean, like, say Dressel, for example, is probably a poster boy for this because, you know, he's he's the example of, you know, swimming for him really slow in season. And then, you know, but with a huge drop at the A meet of the year. But you're somebody who swims really fast in season, kind of like Michael Andrews doing. So what – what is, I mean, is that a fair assessment to say that you guys like to be swimming fast all the time? And what is, what does that mean for your approach to trials? Um, it's funny you bring that up because like, I think I learned a lot just from Olympic trials and the Olympic experience and just like kind of testing it out like this whole year. Um, I think it's great that it's, it's so close. It's literally an hour down the road for me. So I don't necessarily have to, juggle or, or dance around like travel or, or trying to, to work my way around jet lag or anything like that. Um, but I mean, I, it's not the intention to be swimming fast. I, I train hard. I literally did a double like a day before I left for San Antonio. So mm-hmm. um, it's not like I, I'm trying to like do the, all these little tapers before meets, but um, I mean, we train pretty fast in practice. Um, I mean, you just want to kind of leave it all in there. It's, the San Antonio, Westmont were all great, like training days for me, no taper at all. Um, and I think like with my age and, and my experience, I've just been able to, to swim fast in season. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know why, I don't know how, but I think just going into trials almost keeping my intensity up a little bit uh, because I'm not as big as Caleb Dressel or all those other boys, um, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, no, not for me. 
Um, but yeah, I think I can stay a little higher up in volume and still be pretty good because it's for me more of a worry of over tapering than under tapering. But what does it do now to the pressure it might bring? Because, you know, people have all these expectations. Oh, my God, do you see what she did last weekend? Imagine what she's going to do when she rests or something like that. Like, how do yeah. you deal with that? Like, whoa, whoa, do I like to be under the radar and come and shock them out of lane seven? Or do, are you thriving that stuff? Like, yeah, I'm the big dog. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I always kind of like the underdog mindset. Yeah. And I tried, I've tried lately to not be kind of looking at those comments and everything um just because i think it's better for the long run um but i mean i think it's exciting that people have high expectations for me i think it's nice to think that they i'm kind of at one of the top places in the sport um but ultimately it's just about swimming and what they say and what they don't say doesn't really affect how i'm going to swim it's just the training i put in how i prepare for the meet my hydration my rest is it's what ultimately makes me go fast so as long as i can just depend on that then i don't really need them to say anything or yeah i'm curious about as i was wondering which way who helped you get to that mindset besides yourself obviously your parents is is bruce your main coach you know like 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 talk about that and where you got that mindset from because that's you know that's refreshing to hear from you people yeah um so actually uh, it's, I, I recently got a sports psych, so I went to the Olympics. I learned so much just from the training camp, from being around all those high-level athletes that have been in it for so long. Um, and I think the one thing that was just across the board is mental health is so important. Like you have to have someone who can teach you to be just tough, to be strong, how to handle these expectations when you get to these huge stages. Um, so I got a sports psych when I came back. Um, I've been learning just a ton from him. I've been loving it so far, just growing in an aspect that I'd never really considered before. Um, and then also my parents are learning from me and I'm telling everything that I'm learning to Bruce and stuff. And obviously he's been through it before with uh, Coach Claire Donahue. Um, but it's fun to see just kind of this different perspective and I'm enjoying just learning about it and, and benefiting from it. I saw that. Uh, I was just looking at the TAC Titans coaching staff and everything before this conversation. I didn't realize that Claire was on staff, but I, I was on a team with Claire uh, when yeah. she was swimming too. So that's, that's cool. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like, well, so on the sports psych side, is there anything in meat? I mean, besides like preparing your mindset for big moments uh, in the, in the lead up to, or during training, is there anything that you guys have focused on specifically for, you know, the, the five to seven days of a big meet? Mm -hmm. Um, I think the main, so I'm pretty competitive, uh, have been since I was little, I just was born with it. Uh, I think for me, meets was like, I would just get really caught up in, in what other people were doing. Um, so I think one of our big focuses would just focusing on myself, um, taking one race, learning from it, and then just leaving it behind. And then starting fresh for a new race. So I think just that kind of mindset of, of leaving it behind, starting afresh has just really helped um, me do either doubles or like recover from a bad swim. And then the next day just do better. Yeah. You, uh, I'm just, I'm thinking about uh, like San Antonio, was it San Antonio where he just did the back-to-back -back, um, 50 free hundred back double and swam crazy fast in both of them. Yeah. <laughs> that, 
are, are you actually like processing anything in, in that moment? Or is it just like, all right, I got to get my legs fresh because I'm about to do a hundred back. Yeah. So I actually was really worried for it. Um, like I, so in Westmont, we actually had like the, the setup was nice where like I had like 40 minutes in between each event. So those doubles like weren't that hard. Like they were still difficult because it was like two back on her fly, which is like not exciting, but I did it and it was fun. Um, but like, I wasn't expecting to have 10 minutes and it was literally 10 minutes. So I thought a lot just about what I was going to do beforehand and then just kind of went back into automatic. So got out of the 53, um, like done with it. Didn't even think about it. Um, went and warmed down and then my coach had went and got my stuff from behind the box, which is really sweet of him just to kind of save on time. Um, and then warmed down like at 300 and then just was like, okay, that's enough and got out and went. So I don't know. I wasn't really thinking of anything just of um, like what the announcer was saying. So it's like men's B final, men's A final. And I was like, okay, my turn. Um, so then I don't know. You just weren't thinking you were just kind of doing. And I mean, I've trained this kind of that short rest um, right into the fast and practice. So it's not like it's really that much different at a meet. When Dressel said, why are you so good at the skins and the ISL? He says, well, this is nothing. We do this. We do much hotter than this in practice. I know so I'm used to this. So three fifth days on, what is it? Three minutes. That's nothing for me. Do you do sets? You talk about swimming fast in practice or Bruce, mm -hmm. what do you do sets? Like what gets you up and going? Like you have to do three all out races in 20 minutes. Um, lately we've been doing this kind of progression set. Um, so it's eight fifties, um, of your stroke. And so we've been doing this long course. And so two are one on one thirty, um, one's on one twenty, one's on one ten, one's on a minute, one's on 50, one's on 40. And then like you're done. So it's definitely helped just kind of my endurance and trying to stay at, at like my hundred pace. Mm -hmm. um for just a long period of time so i think that's definitely helped because mm -hmm. you just had to repeat going fast and then just with less and less rest what what is your stroke by the way so i would do like butterfly or freestyle for the rounds yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's like all of that stroke yeah but... that's hard yeah so <laughs> it's kind of a funny question to say like what is your stroke because you do so many strokes i mean you've got nation leading times and like in three out of four strokes right now um what what events are you doing at trials and um do you have goal times for those um i've actually been like debating a lot about what to do at trials i think i'm just signing up for everything <laughs> um so 50 hundred turner back 50 hundred fly 50 hundred free um i know that two of those days have a double so i think i might just submit in prelims and then see how it goes if i want to come back and do it for finals um but i think that's the approach right now um i i don't really set goal times i mean i focus on enough times at practice where it's like i pretty much know where i am so uh just trying to go out there and, and swim the best race that i can i think is more of my focus and then whatever time it is just what the time is there's a race you want to be in at worlds you sat on deck at tokyo and like you saw that 53 final you saw that hundred free final you're like i i want to be in that dance you you went to, you went to world shorts and you got to be on the podium a couple of times it's like i want to be back there and, and not and change the color of that medal come on there, there's some fire in you you're competitive you're like i need to be in what race races come on. 
Um, okay, I'm a sucker for 50s because uh, I'm Sorry. a sprinter, so I'm really excited for the 50 fly and the 53. I think they're always a great race, and it's fun that it's just so close. Um, so I think those are the two I'm most excited for. Um, obviously, 100 fly, 100 free, they're always it's stacked fields, obviously. So it's always just a good race and everyone pushes each other. So I think those will be fun. And then backstroke. I mean, I really just don't have expectations for backstroke. I train it here and here and there in practice, but it's never been like a focus for my training for the past couple months. Um, but I love swimming it. Uh, I always have a blast and obviously some great competition there too. So it's always fun just to get up behind the blocks and be next to those women. I might make Brian cry here for a second because he was at one point the 50 meter butterfly rec American record holder when Worlds did not have 50 meter butterfly in there. You couldn't, so, like to qualify for the 50, you had to be the top 100 flyer, right? It's a whole different event. Um, I want you guys to talk about that. The difference between, a, oh, that's, that's a 50 fly. I used to do it as a warm up for my events. I just casually do it, but it's 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 a, it's a, it's a event in itself, the 50 fly long course. It's not just a freestyle I can go and you know go fast talk about that guys if they fly for two of you yeah it's it's well i mean i think i'm very different i think uh than you claire because i didn't swim fast in season at all uh so my approach to you know preparation for uh, a 50 long course was a pretty big thing like i wasn't going to back that up with a another swim 15 minutes later obviously that's easier when you're rested but um, <clears throat> well, I think it's easier when, when I was arrested anyway, but, um, yeah, but I mean, to your point, Luke, like I, I swim at a time when you had to qualify, when you had to, the U S didn't select fifties of stroke. Um, and I actually swam the 50 fly in a time trial, uh, the world championship trials because they didn't actually have the event in the trials. And then a few years later, they added the event, which I think is, is the right move, uh, to make sure that you're getting the fastest 50 swimmer in each mm -hmm. Uh, event but i mean they're still not yet actually taking the top two from that i don't think right aren't they still only taking the top top swimmer yeah, top 50, swimmer. So, yeah which i think you know is roster limit um uh restricted uh basically so uh but yeah i mean i don't know i don't know what else to say about it. what what are your thoughts on preparing for 50s a stroke claire um i think i don't know i think there's definitely steps you can take so I've been trying to focus more on, on dives and stuff. And I think taper obviously does help, but I mean, I just kind of learned how to swim like a 50, uh, I'd say, but I think it's fun. It adds a, another level of spice to, to the world championships and it's fun for us sprinters because obviously 50s are amazing and you don't get to do them at the Olympics. Um, but I think prepping for a 50 for me is, is, I don't know. I just enjoy it. Um, just the fast stuff you don't have to do pace and warm-up which is kind of exciting <laughs> um so yeah i don't know i love it i'm i'm glad that they have it at world trials and worlds um yeah i'm just excited to to compete in it one question that i have um in comparison to the 50 free and the 50 fly is that in my experience i felt like the the question was do you take a breath or do you not take a breath and for me taking a breath in a 50 freestyle was always disruptive to um to my stroke uh, tempo. And and so there were some people that were able to work in a breath and still stay within stroke rate. It's they like most uh, top male sprinters nowadays don't take a breath. On the women's side, it seems like 
you have a little bit of both, but for the most part, everybody takes one breath in the 50 free. Um, mm -hmm. What I found was that in butterfly though, uh, I felt like the breath 15 meter at 35 meters into the race really helped lift my hips up. And I found that more relevant in butterfly. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a difference between how you approach like race tactics of uh, different strokes there on the 50? Um, I think, uh, not so much for me. I think I, I ride pretty high in the water just by myself. Um, and I think just when I'm going at a high tempo, my hips naturally kind of stay up. Mm -hmm. Um, I do one breath for both 53 and 50 fly. Okay. Um, but I think, yeah, I think my approach is kind of the same. Um, it's just an all out sprint and then just trying to really build that fast into the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, the only matter is sometimes my butterfly breath slows down my stroke rate a little bit. So just remembering to keep my head down and hips up, I think would help. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about NCAAs. Mm -hmm. uh, you are going to be in the mix next year, but you have to sit back and watch all the action happening this year. Uh, mm -hmm. I just, off the top, what was, what was your reaction watching the NCAA meet? A lot of excitement. Yeah, I, it was incredible. It it was hard being at home. I always love being there and I love swimming. So I was itching to get back into the water um, and just race. But kudos to all the ladies. They did so amazing and it was so fun to watch. Um, and I think they really just kind of set off NCAAs right um, and just made me super excited just for San Antonio watching men's NCAAs and then also just world trials this summer, I guess. Yeah. All right, so you had a lot of Olympic teammates swimming there, doing a lot of a lot of amazing things. Uh, namely, Kate with one of the best NCAA performances ever. Uh, I mean, there's so many great performances there between Alex, all the UVA girls. Reagan had an amazing meet. Uh, Tori had a great meet. Uh, obviously, you adding to the Stanford mix next year is going to make that race a hell of a lot tighter. Um, off. First, uh, what was what was your reaction to Kate getting under your American record in the hundred fly? I was I I knew it was going to happen. Uh, I was just kind of looking to see who was going to do it. Um, I think it was a great race. It was very well executed. Um, she had some great like competition next to her, Maggie McNeil, Tori Husk. I mean, I knew they were all going to go at it. So I had a blast watching it. I think they did an incredible job. Um, it was hard for her. She was so close to 48, but I'm excited to be up there with them. I think they all push each other. So hopefully they'll push me and, and then we can maybe all get under it together. So, so you have some really good media training on the U.S. Olympic team. And so <laughs> deep down inside, I'm going to say, I guess you said, well done. I'm coming for her again. That's going to be mine again. Come on. I would say that to Brian. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it's just records are made to be broken. So she did a great job. And then if, if she breaks it again next year, awesome job. I mean, yeah. I think it's just whoever's the most prepared and, and they obviously were on fire that meet. So I think it was a great race and I'm excited just to see what they do next year. Well, hey, you, when you chose Stanford, you're gonna you're a trainer, Tori, um, and you guys have a history in 100 fly. Yeah. But did you know that you're gonna have dual meets against Maggie now? What do you think? Yeah, about that? no, I saw that, and that was actually really cool because 
Um, I was honestly a little scared of Maggie for a very long time. She is, she's very fast. And um, I actually got to talk to her a little bit in the ready room at, at Short Course World. So she's such a pleasure to be around, obviously so dominant in her events. Um, and I think it'll be great just for, for dual meets and for in season. I'm really excited for that. So I'm curious if, well, all, all of these <clears throat> swimmers we talked about uh, thus far are really good out of high school, coming into college. Um, you've got a couple future teammates already, Olympic teammates, um, specifically in Reagan and Tori, who were you know really good in high school and went into the college scene with a lot of expectations. You're kind of living that now. Um, I'm curious, um, besides the, you know, sports psych uh, impact on, on you is there any coaching or discussion that you've had with reagan or tori or or others who have experienced success at the high school level as a teenager and like how to how to best you know channel that and you know just um not let it get the best of you as you kind of come into future meets with big expectations mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's going to be present for anyone. I know I've talked to Tori and Reagan about it a lot and Reagan mentioned it in one of her interviews, but um, people always will kind of have expectations. Um, they've done a great job coaching me just focusing on the team. I think that's really helped them the most, just having that supportive environment around them, knowing that it doesn't really matter um, and that they'll be behind them no matter what. Uh, I think it's comforting for them and I'm excited to, to experience that myself next year. Um, and I think that loving and supportive environment just help them know that they didn't have to do their best in this season. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do their best in this season. Um, they didn't have to listen to all the outside noise. I know Greg also harps on, on not kind of paying attention to the media and just focusing on training. Um, so I think hearing all of that from them has definitely helped. And then also I've had Honestly, it's a little bit easier than them. Um, after the Olympics, I was able to come back home, routine got back to normal in Perry, where they had to go up with their whole life into college. So uh, kudos to them for having that big move and also just being able to handle all of that pressure coming off of the Olympics. So I'm excited to go join them next year and we learn more about how to adjust to freshman year, but it's it's been great just talking to them. Yeah, it was interesting to hear Reagan's reflection on you know, how she's adjusted to uh, life in college and, um, you know, coaching and a different training environment. But then uh, I think just navigate all of it. Right. But I want to come back to something that you said earlier, because I think it's relevant here. You were talking about, um, you know, taper and what exactly your needs are and, you know, keeping the volume up, uh, let's say, because of your build and your age. Um, it, that sounds like pretty self-aware uh, to me. And I'm curious, you know, that's something that every athlete is, as they move on, we, as much as we like to think about sport as being science, it's art, your body's different every year, your training environment's different every year. You can do the same sets exactly the same one year after another, but then have a different result, right? It's just everything, things can be different. So I'm, I'm just curious, like, what's your approach, um, you know, to, uh, Maybe I guess what I'm trying to get is what when you interact with a coach, do you feel like you are 
aware of what your needs are and do you voice them? And is that the kind of relationship that you feel like you expect to have and can continue to have with coaches as you progress in your career? Um, yeah, I think my parents uh, have kind of told me since I was younger, um, you want to take ownership of kind of what you love. So I've always been like a student of the sport since I was younger. I love learning why things help, like how they help. Um, so all of my coaches since when I've been younger, I've had kind of more of a partnership with them instead of a coach swimmer. It's been more of a uh, working together. Um, so I'm open communication with them all the time. I always let them know how I'm feeling, um, if the set was good or bad, how how that kind of made me feel. So um, I think I enjoy kind of that partnership aspect of it. And I think it's really helped me just learn more about my body, learn how different sets are good or bad for my body and just talk to them, learn about their reasoning. Because I think ultimately from every person, you can learn a lot about yourself and um, I don't know. I just enjoy learning. So I think that part's been great for me. Well, kudos to the environment that you're in because a lot of um, teenage girls, especially, don't have the, I guess, the confidence or even the safe environment to be the authentic self, to express themselves naturally and have a, a, a coach who listens to you and not only listens, but understands. And then, and then on top of that, act. Mm -hmm. A lot of them do. You know, they, they feel the pressure of this dominating person in their life. And Mm -hmm. So kudos to the environment you've been in and yeah. the attitude you took, because I mean, that's, that's obviously a huge part for your phenomenal success. Yeah, I've been extremely fortunate to have just a great family, a great team, um, and just a great coaching staff. So it'll be sad to leave it next year, but I'm also excited for the future because Greg seems like a great guy. Tracy seems like an amazing woman and their team culture, I think, is it's building itself to be something quite dangerous. So I'm excited just for the future. And I'm also really grateful for what I have right now. I'm curious how, like <clears throat> one more and then we can get off of this, but I, I'm just, I want to know how you know the difference between, or maybe if there's an approach that you have to this, the difference between when it's time to listen and just suck it up to, and buy in mm -hmm. to the plan versus this isn't this, this, maybe set doesn't work for me or this type of training doesn't work for me or, you know, kind of when to push back. Do you feel like you have a good read on, Hey, this is when I should express something because I think that it maybe isn't working versus that. Like I just need to get it done and this is the right thing. Um, I think I'm the type, the type of person that'll just do things, even though they are kind of hard. Um, I know that it'll benefit me in one way or another down the line. Um, I've learned a lot from my mom. She's really good at speaking up and, and voicing her opinion. So having her encourage me to have more open communication with my coach, I think that's definitely helped. Um, but I think ultimately when you get those, as my coach calls it, little stabby pains, that's, that's time you like speak up and say something. So mm. I think I, I do kind of know my body's limits. I, I think one thing for sports psych has helped me almost go beyond my body's limits, which is good and bad. Um, but I think I can kind of feel when it's too much, but also I kind of thrive off of getting uncomfortable and staying in that little zone um, for as long as I can, because that ultimately is what helps you at that last 15 meters of the race. So I think I, I, I kind of have a knowledge, but also sometimes I, I might push a little too hard, but yeah, <laughs> if that answers your question. Yeah. Um, I, I want to 
changed a little bit. Keep on schools, but the different tactics. So I coach high schools, a high school girls team for two or three years. So 110 girls on the school here um, where we were in San Jose. And, um, you know, it's high school swimming. But, you know, you'll get the club swimmers who came in. And, oh, my God, when the club swimmers came in, all the high school girls are so happy. What's it like swimming for Cardinal Gibbons High School, going to high school meets and in walks, you know, an Olympic medalist? And, and what's your relationship with the high school? And what, what's that What's that feeling like to be part of that team and your friends who you're in class, wherever you get to swim at? Just talk about the high school environment, not tap items, not USA swimming, high school. Yeah. Um, I think high school has been great for my career. Um, age group swimming when you're really, really little is obviously very fun, but you kind of get a revival of that in high school because mm -hmm. some kids are just learning how to swim and, and they're, you have people from all different kinds of experience levels just on this team together working towards a common goal. And even divers, I mean, you don't have that in age group swimming so, or yeah, in age group swimming. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been great for me. I absolutely love the coaches. They get super excited, not only about what Gibbons does and, and all of them, but also they get excited about what I, I do outside of, of Gibbons in that realm. Um, so it's been great just kind of learning about the fun and, and just starting swimming um, just all over again. Um, I, I love high school meets. They're probably one of my favorite meets in general because you just have all of these parents just excited to see their kids in the water finishing a race and yeah. <laughs> that kind of energy just it, you want to go fast so that's very hard to replicate in and some of those bigger meets so i always get super excited going to those high school state meets when the, the stands are going wild you have kids bringing like blow up lions for their schools and throwing them around so i i think high school has been a great part of my career i've absolutely loved it um i'm hoping kind of college swimming is like that um but you probably can't get away with some of the things you eat at high school swimming with college swimming um but yeah i think it's been so much fun uh i've gotten to know a lot of my my school friends a lot better um because I'm not always in school uh, with school meets taking me away a lot, but you just, school's been great. I, some of my first friends were on my high school swim team since yep. I was new. Um, so yeah, it's been. When you race for Gibbons and you're against your arch rivals and in the hundred fly, the second ranked hundred flyer is a 105. Mm -hmm. Do you say, I'm going to crush you by uh, a 25 or do you like back off a bit and just win and don't make them feel bad? Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, that's a funny question. I mean, I, when I get up behind the blocks, it's focus on your race and how you can help your team. So it's about doing my best for my team. And then when you hit the wall, you obviously congratulate people next to you. They did a great job. They tried their best. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's competition. So I will race them. That is okay, what I race them. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about uh, NIL and sponsorships because you're kind of a, a hybrid pro slash college swimmer. Um, was it on the table for you at all to to go pro and skip the college route? And yeah, maybe start there. Um, I mean, the idea was entertained, but it was never serious. I knew mm -hmm. I always wanted to go and swim in college um so 
when the NIL deal and the laws came out, I was super excited because you had this chance to be a part of something bigger than yourself as a part of, as being a sponsored athlete. How many people yeah. can say that? Like, that's honestly so cool. But then also you get to go to college, have a college experience and be with the college team, um, which is something that I didn't want to miss out on. So I was thrilled that those laws came out when they did. And I'm excited that I was able to actually catch it at the right time. Do you feel like you, so do you feel like you have a good understanding of uh, what you can do and like, are there beyond the sponsorships that you already have? Or are you uh, like actively looking to, you know, continue to promote your brand and, um, you know, grow the, uh, I guess that, 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 that part of your professional life? Uh, it's definitely something I've had to do more research on, um, just to not try to step on toes, but also learning about social media presence and, and how to post and stuff like that. So, uh, it's definitely a whole new world for me. Um, I didn't think I was ever going to be in it, but I'm super thrilled that I am. Um, and I've just really enjoyed it so far. I was going to ask, how is it going to work at Stanford? Is Arena still Stanford's sponsor? Mm -hmm. how, does Tia have a, a, a negotiation where you're allowed to wear this, but you have to race in that? Or what's the exemption for like you and Tori who are TYR athletes? This, and the team has, team kit is Arena. I don't understand how that works clearly. Yeah, so for Tori and Reagan, who are both sponsored by Team and Speedo, um, Speedo, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Stanford has a contract. All of their swimmers will compete in Arena when it's like a Stanford meet. So in season, you wear Arena, and at NCAA's, you wear Arena. But then any USA swimming sponsored or like other meet, you wear your sponsor. So mm -hmm. um, if I'm at a college meet, I'll probably be wearing arena to my knowledge and then at any other meet just here. Hmm. I'm surprised. I thought Reagan was wearing Speedo suits at NCAAs. Maybe I had that wrong, but yeah, that's where you get into the rub. I mean, you've seen some of this in Olympic um, competition as well. I think France is one of the national governing bodies historically that you've had some sponsored athletes, but they still, but tier, tier had the, like maybe say, for example, they had Speedo athletes, but um, tier had the sponsorship of the, of the governing body of French swimming. So everybody still had, still wore, you know, tier uh, gear. Um, so it's funny how those, those, I think those bodies and companies are still trying to figure out what the right, way of handling this sort of thing is but yeah. do have some examples of it so yeah hmm. i mean i think it's a whole new world especially with nil and now college athletes being sponsored and competing for their college so um i think they're all new and everyone's still trying to figure it out but i think though they'll all get their things straightened eventually so, yeah. yeah all right got a couple of rapid fire questions for you before we finish up What's the hardest race in swimming? To fly, without a doubt. <laughs> to fly long course, I will specify, because I have recently gotten over my fear of to fly short course, but to fly long course, definitely. I fear you. Olympic gold, world record, or ISL MVP? Um, Olympic gold, because something I've kind of had uh, just with my Olympic medal is that you bring joy to so many people. I mean, some of them have never seen an Olympic medal in person. So being able to kind of share that with them when they normally wouldn't have that opportunity has just been super cool for me to be a part of. Yeah. 
Uh, should the 50s of stroke be Olympic events and NCAA events? <laughs> I say absolutely. I would love to do 50s. So please add them because I would have a blast. If there was one Olympic sport that you could do besides swimming, what sport would it be? Um, does it have to be summer or winter? Whatever one you want. Whatever. Um, I think figure skating looks really cool. Um, I feel like gymnastics is really cool, but I, I don't know if their, their training looks grueling, and I don't know if I could do that. Um, and then also track, like the short track. I yeah. don't do That's a lot exciting. of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sprint, power, explosive. Yes. Who's the greatest high school swimmer in history? Ooh. Um, Missy Franklin. You are. Yeah, I was just going to say. There's no, nothing on the show. Barato. You could toot, toot your own horn a bit. Um, <laughs> she, she did pretty amazing things in high school, though. It was she quite did. impressive. She did. What event's going to be your first world record? Oh. Uh, 50 flat. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird question. I know. <laughs> Welcome to Social Kick. <laughs> what is your favorite high school snack that you're going to have to give up when you go to college meets? Um, probably. Okay. So there is this restaurant or I guess bakery in North Carolina, Great Harvest Bread Company. And they make this cinnamon bread that is so good. And we get it in our high school meets because they like bring food for us, which is very kind of them. And so you would like be eating cinnamon bread and then going swimming. So that was amazing. See, Luke, that's what she's thinking about before she's about to beat somebody by 10 seconds in a <laughs> high school meet. She's like, oh, God, this bread. I mean, race. <laughs> I'm a sucker for any bread product. So, yes. <laughs> What's a what's a race one race that you never do at big meets that you think you'd be really good at? Two back. I mean, I do it at some higher level meets, but I don't think I ever really do it at like Olympic trials or those kind of things because it always gets in the way a little bit of hunter fly or another event that is sprintier. You're so I think seven, I right? mean, it's pretty hmm? good. 207 is what you've gone. That's pretty Yeah, good. yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I enjoy backstroke. I yeah. don't mind the tuner back long course. Short course, you get a little tight on oxygen, but long course is actually kind of enjoyable. Um, I mean, maybe I'll submit at this meet coming up, but we'll see. We've had a lot of people say the two back long course is the hardest race in swimming. So really? Actually, that's my favorite 200 long course. Oof. Legs, brutal. Good on you. Okay, what nail color are you going with for trials? Hot pink. Like the brightest pink ever. Is there a brand of nail polish that you might enjoy wearing? Yes, I am sponsored by Death Valley Nails. So they have this really hot pink and I am definitely going to wear it. <laughs> are they going to name a pink color after you? <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe. I will bring it up, but that yeah. would be cool. I like it. All right. Last one. Do you do social kick? Um, yes, obviously. <laughs> amazing. I love kicking and I love talking. So duh. And sometimes we get yelled at for it because we do it without permission, but 
better time. today. <laughs> I love it. Right on. Well, Claire, thanks for hanging out with us. We uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Look forward to uh, seeing you swim fast in Greensboro. Until then, uh, yeah, we'll uh, just keep on training away. And until next time, uh, that's it. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for joining. Thanks, guys. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website.